episode. Southern gospel roots. I was going more for like uh, New York funk, but oh, is that how it came out? Like it um, came out a little bit more like, like Bill Gaither. No, 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 no. More like like uh, your favorite CC Winans. Oh, I love CC. Yeah. That's BB I mean, and CC. BB and CC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did their parents call them that? Uh, it just made it really easy. BB, yeah. CC. That if they had a third one, it would have been Didi. Did I ever tell you? Have I ever said on this podcast my first experience with uh, the Gaithers? No. Okay. Quick story. Carrie and I had been dating at this point. I, you know, had really started taking faith seriously when I was like, like really seriously, about sixteen, somewhere around there. Uh, and so anyway, never had experienced the Gaithers. Just never. And if for those that don't know who the Gaithers are, Google it. I swear you will have hours of enjoyment. I promise. Tattooed eyebrows on Gloria oh, Gaither. Oh, okay. I'm giving, I'm giving all the secrets now of the, yeah. uh, televangelist wives. Yeah. Tattooed eyebrows, depression pills. Big hair. Big hair. Big hair. Yeah, uh, substance abuse problems. I mean, <laughs> it's just how it goes, okay? Wow. Yeah, yeah. For the televangelist, is either gay prostitute <laughs> or or a prostitute of some sort. I mean, like, it's there. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. Like, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we just started this way. Anyway. So, Bill and Gloria Gaither, they put out these videos back in the day. Videos were really expensive, like 50 bucks a video. Like a VHS? VHS, right? Okay. So, anyway, we go over to Carrie's parents' place, uh, because they were together at the time, and and we end up like, it's Christmas, so we're watching this video, and it's like, um, let's watch the Gaither's video. It's a Christmas video. And who gets on there? But uh, she's uh, her, she ended up having a show, Sue Thomas FBI. Okay. Like so, a deaf woman who can kind of hear sound vibrations. Okay. And Gloria and Bill are, have this woman on, and they're like, "Oh, whatever your name is, uh, you know, talk to her." And she, the way she's talking, have you ever heard a deaf yeah, person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna make fun of deaf people because that's not that's not cool. Gloria and Bill, on the other hand, I will. And so here here they are talking to her she's talking back how much she loves jesus and all of those other things and you know it's, it's kind of nice and then bill says well would you do us the honor of singing a song for us i've heard that you can hear the vibrations of each note and that you can sing them <laughs> and this woman <laughs> says sure i will and she proceeds to sing in front of like the what would they call it the Gaither homecoming homecoming yeah <laughs> so there's all these people sitting up on a stage right like uh, Sam Smith or guy wh- Penrod. guy Penrod yeah yeah Carrie had a big crush on him <laughs> uh, and then another guy uh, Jesse Jackson no yeah. I I don't no, know I think that was Jesse Jesse, what, Jesse yeah. McCleary I don't know what no. his name is so um so she starts to proceeds to sing. Okay. Well, let me tell you, she's not singing. It, it it is just a bunch of noise. Okay. And Gloria Gaither is crying. Okay. Bill Gaither is like praising God, and I'm sitting there thinking, what is happening right now? Like these Christian people are crazy. 
why are they listening to a deaf woman sing? And at the time, um, American Idol was a big, big one. Yep, yep. Uh, I was like, in my head, I was like, Simon Cowell wouldn't even let a deaf person get up on stage and sing. Right. And yet these people are. And that was the end of it for me. Like, I was like, I'm out. Okay, I cannot want, handle this. You want to hear something? I'm going to list off some people that have been in the Gaither vocal band. Oh, no. And and I think it's going to shock you a little bit. I, okay. So Mark Lowry, everybody. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Tegan's favorite. Um, Michael English. I don't know who that is. Okay. David Phelps. Uh, the Swimmer? <laughs> Close. Larnell Harris. Steve Green. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know any of these? Okay, so like these are some pretty big like 1980s, 1990s vocalists. Like WNBA off. big or? Yeah, well, I mean, in the Christian circles, right, like Larnell oh, Harris okay. was a pretty big deal back in the late 80s, early 90s. Larnell Harris. David Phelps. I mean, he did a back-to-back uh, season. Who's the late- swimmer? <laughs> Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Okay, thank you. Um, David Phelps did back-to-back at Lakeshore Pentecostal Camp. Oh, my uh, Lord. Two years in a row. Um, so he's got. Of, he's the guy with the curly hair. Yeah. Okay. okay. He's got a great vocal range. All right. Uh, anywho, that is a very... Anyway, uh, I'm sorry that that, that was, was my first experience. Yeah, I'm pretty sure over the years I've watched a number of Gaither Homecoming I'm sure you videos. I, uh, by, Rick and Wendy must have loved them. Uh, there were times when I would go home back to Ontario and it would be 11 o'clock at night and I could Stop. hear oh yeah oh the glory and I would hear the sound system on and they would be listening to the Gaithers via the YouTube wow yeah just like we're talking recent like before dad passed like, oh wow yeah like pretty heavy uh, uh, you like so what you like you, you like know? what you like you like what you like yeah and you know what else I like Birch. <laughs> So this Sunday, uh, June the 12th, we are having an all-birch uh, gathering at the Forestry Farm starting at 11. Nice. So we're all going to get together. We're going to uh, have some fun and some games. And so bring some snacks and, and bring bring a positive can-do attitude. Yes, please. And I think you need to bring about $4 for parking, I think is what it is to get into <laughs> the park. Um, and your first child. Because it's so expensive. Yes, yes. It, it, <laughs> you looked worried. I was like, well, if you don't have a Why kid. Why are we bringing our first child? <laughs> I don't Can I bring both of them? So anyways, that is, uh, that's happening. And then at, at the end of the month here in June, we are going to be doing our last in-person service uh, for the summer oh. at the Crossmount. Crossmount. So um, those are kind of the big uh, announcements. Yeah. Also, in, if you're listening to this, you could do us a huge favor. Yeah. By liking and subscribing to this channel on wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, True. that will also help um, this podcast get a little bit wider. And also, if you're really feeling frisky, you can even give mm-hmm. us a review. Um, we would really appreciate that. That helps all open the floodgates. Oh. Of heaven, let it. Matt rain. is great. Sorry. That Josh guy is very offensive. <laughs> So anyways, those are kind of our announcements. We're, we really do use this as one of our main sources to communicate. So we, we do want to make a few announcements at the front end of our podcast and then get yes. into the nitty gritty of the <laughs> deep theological, spiritual, emotional conversations that we yeah. have once in a blue moon. Let's get into it, poppy. <laughs> the nitty gritty, poppy. So this past week... Yeah. Um, 
you took us through Romans 2. Romans chapter um, 2. And yep. For those of you who don't know, we are going through the book of Romans. We we briefly discussed that we've kind of gone away with these clever titles for sermons. <laughs> One, they take a lot of time to kind of oh, come man. up with. And two, most people don't remember them. No. Um, but they do remember the books of the Bible to an extent. Totally. Um, and so we're, we're kind of... Um, Crushing through Romans right now. So Romans chapter two. <laughs> crushing through it too. <laughs> There's like 15, it's 16 been, chapters. It's been two weeks. So we're crushing through. We're crushing through. Uh, Romans chapter two. So walk us through it. Yeah. So uh, basically, I think um, I think probably it's helpful to kind of know, kind of relate it back to chapter one. Um, so Paul's never met this church in Rome. He's writing a letter to them because he's intending on going to Spain. And so he writes to them to kind of show them that he's a legit um, church leader. So he says to them, look, like from chapter one all the way to chapter 12, this is what I believe. And so in chapter one, towards the, the back end of things, he starts kind of really kind of relaying out his understanding of how creation comes through and how humanity gets into the mess that we're in. Hmm. So he says, look, like here was God's intent. And then humans screwed it up. And he said, you know, we started doing things that were, you know, not in that original intention. And he says, like, we just kept investing there because we're selfish, because there's stuff going on in our own hearts that are not good. And people have started using that, um, you know, Romans 1 passage, the later part of it, as just a way to go after certain people or certain groups or whatever it is. And really, it's not a commentary on just one group. It's a commentary on all of humanity mm-hmm. that there's so much inside of us that we've kind of traded for stuff that is not helpful to us. And so he keeps going and he starts off in verse in chapter two by saying those people are on a dark spiral. So the people that are investing in this on a regular basis, but if you think that leaves you on the right high ground where you can point your finger at others, Think again. Right. So he's talking to Jewish people who have been judging. Well, to, to Gentile folks, because yeah. it's Rome, right? Yeah, yeah. So like to Gentiles and Jews in that yeah. church. Kind of judging others yeah. for like, well, you're Look not at that spiritual guy. enough. Or yeah. you still smoke. Yeah. Or you, you know, like. You're still going to see all the pro- the temple prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're, the televangelists. You've got sin in your life. Yeah. I don't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he says, every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. Nice. Like, how often is that true, though? Like, hundred percent. I've been like, we've been saying for years. If somebody is a bandwagon person, you know there's something going on because you're just going a little too crazy on this one thing, mm-hmm. and it's a way to deflect the stuff that's going on in your own life. Yeah, it's the it's the classic uh, deflection, right? I'm oh, yeah. I'm going to deflect all the stuff that uh, you know the speck the the log of crap in my eyes, the oh, yeah. log in my eye, and the speck of dirt in your eyes, the speck of wood. And it's just it's so interesting because I love how kind of Paul, in a way springs a trap on these people in his even in his letter yeah. right like he's like surprise i'll tell you right now you're dirtbags too <laughs> yeah, right like surprise <laughs> you religious guys do the same thing yeah and honestly um 
he even calls them hypocrites because he's like, you, you hypocrites, like you, you, you're pointing out all the flaws in other people. But when it comes to your own self, you're blind, you're blind to it. And honestly, I, growing up in church, growing up in the Christian realm, I, I think, boy, I, I hate to, I hate to admit it, but it happens. Oh, a lot. Way more than I'm. It will. What do you expect? Like, we're just people. Like, it, we don't want to face the stuff going on inside of us. So right. we're like, well, well, you know, <laughs> I'll point out the stuff that's going on in you because you're a dirtbag. But, you know, I got dirtbag tendencies as well. And we, we don't like to admit that. But, like, Paul even says to them, like, that it's, it's another level, too, because there are people who, like, you're a dirtbag, but, but my, my closet's clean. To yeah. an extent, like he, he yeah. kind of is leaning into those people who are even like, you know, boy, you're you're a much worse sinner than I am. Yeah. Like I'm barely sinning, like, like if any, like, like, you know, uh, you mm. know I well, don't know. It, well, interesting part. He actually says to them, you know, you're you're fooling yourself. You're escaping detection. Yada, yada. He says, but God isn't so easily diverted. Mm. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done, which <laughs> which is true. And then he f- finishes up saying, you, th- uh, you didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your fingers at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us to a radical life change. And that was really the the whole emphasis of uh, of Sunday was, you know, like God is kind, He's gracious, He's loving, and He's great, but He's not soft. And the reason He's not soft is because He cares about you too much to leave you the way you are. And that sometimes is counter what people think about God a lot. For a lot of people, it's like you know what, He's just a kind God. He's not going to push me. Cool. The other side is, you know what? He just, he's just a wild cowboy that goes into town and just kills all the sinners. That's what I want. I went southern. I, I, I really, I, I really liked both do accents like, do you like on that? both sides. Yeah. There, I, if you were painting a picture, uh, I felt it a little bit. Like Bob Ross and uh, John Wayne. John Wayne. I felt it. Yeah. I felt it. Oh, I made a mistake. I'm Clint just, Eastwood. I made a it mistake. Was, I'm just gonna paint over it. Make yeah, it into yeah, a tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's it. so. So yeah. I mean, like he's kind, but he's not soft. And yeah. it's his kindness that takes us firmly by the hand and leads us to to the life that we need to be living. Right? Like the whole idea is that God loves us so much to leave us the way that we are. That He wants us to change. He wants us to become better. He wants us to care for the people around us in ways that are um, important and good, and ultimately. Uh, lead to life, right? And he wants us to succeed as well. I mean, even for me right now, just transparently, I'm freaking exhausted. I am so tired and I literally have moments where I'm like, is this even worth it? Like, I I don't know. We're working so hard for so many different things and I am tired, like I'm tired. And then I, you know, uh, have moments like tonight where I just like get rude or I, or I, um, I'm short with people. Yeah. And the thing is, like, even this morning, I was I was listening to this sermon by a guy named Judah Smith. I was just, I, I tried to go for a walk every morning. 
And he was talking about rest. And he was like, you know what? This is the craziest thing that we live in. That like people who actually take rest in our culture are called lazy. Yeah. But like it's meant like the Sabbath is meant for you or like the this, the day uh, one day a week of rest is meant for you to rejuvenate and to get right. And the whole time he's saying it, I'm fighting it. I'm like, oh, but I don't have time for that. That's crazy. And yet I know that it's going to help me. Yeah. It's going to lead me to something better. And like it's God just saying, look, like you're stretched too thin. You need to chill out. And even tonight when my wife tells me that, you you need to take just take a beat. I'm like, don't tell me to take a beat. Don't tell me to take a beat. Are you rapping right now? No, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. No, there's a... Anyway. No, so the interesting thing with... <clears throat> like, none of us... None of us like having our crap called out. No. Right? Even even people that we love and that are close to us and um, in our inner circle where it's like, hey, Matt, you're this, or, you know, we need to work on this and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, this is not even that. This is Paul, no. who they don't know. Yeah. Calling them out on stuff. Yeah. And he ain't wrong. No, but I'm not sure. Like, I guess my question is, like, when you think about stuff like this, even in today, yeah. now, even in today's society where where it can be Christian to Christian, yeah. it can be, you know, uh, friend to friend, yeah. it can be faith to faith type of stuff. Yeah. Nobody wants to be called out on something. And and when you do, they take offense to it or yeah. or they they throw it back in your face like, well, yeah, but but you're this or you're that or. And so, like, where where does accountability yeah. in faith matters at this point? When when where does that come into play? Because you look at Paul calling these people into account, yeah, and we don't really know what their response is. That's the tough part. That's like, the tough part. You're sitting there going, "Hey, I'm about to lambaste you for you know a little bit in this letter being judgy yeah about being judgy and about calling people out and and yeah. thinking yourselves better and thinking yourself more spiritual and more pious and uh because you're jewish and because you're circumcised and because you're all those things yeah. and you're better because you're a christian and everybody cuz you're not. a christian yeah. and everybody's not and you've got the uh the market yeah. on what's truth and what's right and yeah. what's holy and all that kind of stuff it, when in fact you're not even living that out yourself right and so when somebody does call you out on something, um, today even, it never seems to go well. No, because it's the how. It, but even with the proper how, ah, is like, I I can tell you in my life, and, and maybe the how is almost impossible. I think it's the how and the who. But that's my point in this whole thing. They don't know this guy from right. Steve. But what I'm saying is like... If he's an apostle that he's claiming to be, understood. There's a level of authority, I think, in that context that comes with that, which makes sense. If it was chapter sixteen, uh, we're we're a million percent. <laughs> we're chapter two. We're we're in like you know page two of the letter. Hey, by the way, yeah. <laughs> I but but I think a lot of what the cultural reality of the time was to be an apostle, you had to be. It was about proximity to Jesus. Sure. So he's making the contention that he has this proximity to Jesus because he got knocked off of a horse and actually had 
a moment with Jesus, a donkey, whatever. And, you know, so he's saying, look, like I'm legit. This is why I'm legit. You know my story, but so I'm going to go right in. Cool. That's fine. I think now the issue is we've, we've transitioned culturally from you have a place of authority, like a pastor or a reverend or a minister or some, some kind of leadership space. And just by virtue of having that role, you now get to say what you want. And the reason that's changed is because so many people in that role abuse that role. Okay, but take take out the the leadership pastor. Just, just wait, just wait. Peer to peer, right? But now I know this isn't peer to peer in the sense of Paul. No, no, no. Is, but 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 now I think culturally, the peer to peer space. Yeah, you can't say anything if those people aren't actually. You're not in an intimate relationship with them. Like we we have this thing of calling people friends when they're not actually friends. Yeah, I actually always. I, I, for, for, I don't know why I do this, but for a long time, I'll correct Tegan sometimes when she says, oh, we have friends that are, and I'm like, no, they're acquaintances. Yeah. Because I, I really do distinguish who my friends are. 100%. And who my acquaintances are and who people I know. I, I, I think the thing is like now, like for example, like the friendships that I've been in for a long time, like those people, when they say something to me, I'm going to take it seriously. Because like, ah, oh, man, like. Yeah. Like even if I even if there's stuff in their own lives that I'd be like, well, I'm gonna point this out in you like So do you think that's a fear for people? Do I you think I, I think it's a big fear do you for think people. That because I'm so afraid of having my own life exposed or well, or not even exposed. Um like re- real life example. Matthew, you're an intimidating figure to talk to. Like that you've been that somebody said that to you last week. Yes. Okay, not that that that's their perception. Yes, I don't think of you that way, right? Because we're friends, right? <laughs> right, like we're, we're there's a deep friendship here. Well, do you think it was because my biceps are so big? Oh man, <laughs> you know it is, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, there's times that you and I will go at each other. Oh sure, and, and but it's not like we walk away from it, and it's like okay. Like I, I think in that very meeting, actually, we went at each other in front of these other people. Yeah, and then you texted me, <laughs> "Calm down." Yeah, calm down. Um, because I, I think like that's the like when we're talking intimacy of, of relationship, that's a rarity nowadays. Yeah, because people are afraid to have their crap called out, so they don't actually get to know people deeply. Because it's like, uh, if they really see me, right, will they still love me? Which is interesting because that's the whole premise. And the foundation of why we do Birch 100%. is these small groups over over a meal where you 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 go past the um, facades, you go past the weather, how's yeah. the job. Like even this past week, we had a conversation with a girl in our Birch group and, and it came up about water baptism. Yeah. And, and then she started to kind of open up a little bit sure. about her childhood and things like that. <clears throat> And we would have never really been able to have those conversations if it was just a regular kind of typical gathering. But you have to build up to those kind of relationships over time. But again, I just, I wonder, because Paul comes out of left field, he kind of springs a trap on him. 
kind of. Kind of. Okay, but, but, but I mean, you're getting a letter from a guy you don't know. Sure. He and, wants some money. And he, yeah, right? It's a GoFundMe go page. And he, he kind of just pops up. So what I'm what I'm wondering about in the context of real life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is where are we in society where the church or the... Because Paul kind of represents oh. kind of the head of the church sure. kind of thing. You know, that kind yeah, of beginning a, movement, right? A leader there. A yeah. leader in the church. Is when he's calling people out on stuff, like we've seen in our day and age, yeah, where a pastor, uh, a leader will post something on social media, will do whatever they, you know, do those kind of things to rally a cause or um, bring a bring into account something or whatever the case may be, right? And and the all hell breaks loose, yeah. Like literally, and and everybody comes out of the woodwork, and whether <laughs> my it's, cousin's uncle, <laughs> right? My my yeah. niece's nephew's cousin's uncle's dog walker yeah, yeah, yeah. now starts commenting on something, yeah. and oftentimes it's around areas that are um, cause for potential concern in, in sure. from a spiritual perspective, or it's it's um, controversial areas sure. that that we're not sure about and and someone is trying to call in to maybe pull a Paul a hundred percent so how do how does one go about that but see when people do that like that it's really around a deflection that's what's going on like that's that's a pure deflection oh look at these people over here for what they're doing how awful look how much better we are ah uh, Okay, didn't Paul just say, no, 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 you point your fingers, not cool. You got your own crap to deal with, right? Like th that's what that is. A calling into account has to be done, I think now especially, in, in an intimate relationship piece, right? Like you don't get the authority to talk to a community over, you know, whatever the, the, the platform is, i.e. Facebook, and do whatever it is that you want to say, thinking that you have the authority to speak to something that you're not participating in, you're not investing in, you're not taking, uh, you're you're not trying to solve the problems of that particular space, right? Like, there's no intimate relationship there. That's why folks like that people admire so much, like um, you know Martin Luther King and so many other people like that, they are intimately involved in the community's realities, and so when they talk, they can criticize the community. Because they're they they have their sleeves rolled up trying to make it better for everyone else, like and but that's what we do in our own lives together too, right? Like you have the right to speak into my life because you roll up your darn sleeves and you get down dirty with me when I'm going through my crap, right? And vice versa, like I'm here, I'm I'm not going anywhere, and you know there's a consistency that's that's great there. The problem is we don't do that. We call things relationship when it's not relationship. It is acquaintance. Mm. We call things intimate that are not intimate. They're just kind of really surface. And that's where, you know, as the church, where I think we have the opportunity, right, to like to shut up for once and listen to people, to actually learn where people are coming from, to take time to like figure out what's happening in in the lives of the people that surround you right like 
we've been talking for a long time. Like for a long time. Maybe even dictating for a long time. We've been telling people how awful they are for years. And, And so I think like when you go back to the book of Romans here, that's what you see with the church. And so it's not just a today problem per se. It's It's been historical, right? Well, from from the time of the book of Romans. 100%. Where, where there are people within the church saying. Oh, look at them. Look at them. Look at what you're doing. Look at all the bad stuff. And God's like, and, and Paul says, like, <laughs> God's going to keep you in account. <laughs> you. 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 You are going to be judged. For, Why are you worried about these people? You got crap. Yeah. And, and I think that's where we would do well. To take care of our own families and our own lives and our own friendships and like worry about what's going on inside of the church, right? Like we love, like you said, causes. We love to be like, oh, well, this is, our culture's doing this, right? Like, oh, Trudeau's leading us down the pathway to hell. Okay. Who's he leading down there? You're only, you're only led because you, you follow. (laughs) So if you're not following, you're good. Oh, our country's going to hell in a handbasket. Okay. So what was happening in the 50s? People going to church, but there was crap going on in the background that also just really quick, hurt people. Quick side note. Is this the most crap and hell we've used in a Crap, podcast? hell, and butts. I'm just saying. See, we, 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 should, we should do... Um, Swear jar? <laughs> the Christian swear jar. Yeah. They, uh, just give sugar. A, like every time, is there a little, no, nope. yeah. So every time we should put a little ding on this thing where every time we yeah. say something, ding, ding, we'll keep yeah. a tally. Ding, 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 45 times. Yeah, just, um, it's, just, it's just an interesting conversation I, because why do we care? What 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 is inside of us that we're like, oh, what other people do, like what they do. I care about. Well, I think it's interesting with the book of Romans because for a lot of scripture, that's, that's not even accurate. Um, I just, as soon as I said it, I'm like, I don't feel like that's accurate. There's a, there is a, a large portion of scripture that talks about what Christians should do, what we could do, how yeah. to impact the world, love Jesus, love your neighbor. Like, and then like, but Romans is 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 kind of coming at you like um, this has nothing to do with the outside world. <laughs> this has everything to do internally. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about you <laughs> yeah. inside the church and your issues and not the sinner, not well, the 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 for all have sinned who, and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. Like that's Romans. Yeah. Uh, the, the time he starts going like, hey, uh, it's about them is Romans 10 when Paul starts talking about, Hey, how are they going to hear if nobody goes? Right. But it's interesting that he basically for the first 10 chapters is like, you need to get your house in order first. Yeah. 12 12 chapters. This this is what I believe. And this is what, what, And, and, and it's interesting because it's the thing that's hurt the church probably the greatest in, in the history of the church is the hypocrisy that comes with it. If you don't get your house in order. Yeah. And, and I just love how he kind of like approaches it because there there's a sense of authority that comes with it yes. right? he, as he establishes for 12 chapters. But at the same time, there's also a sense of like, it's Paul. So he doesn't give any crap. crap. And so, yeah, <laughs> so he, he, he just, he puts it out there knowing that there could be some 
kick, kick back. back. Sure. But because it comes in a place of authority where they're like, okay, well, I mean, he was an apostle. He he has the right to speak into sure. our lives outside yep. of this. But again, it's it's the right to speak to them, those who are within the church. A hundred percent. He does it again. And I, I we, we spoke about this just before in First uh, Corinthians chapter 5. There's uh, some commentators say it's an elder, so a pastor potentially. Anyway, some predominant figure in the church. He's having sex with his dad's wife. So his stepmother. Okay, like like Paul says, even pagans don't even do this. Like, that's crazy. And at the end of that, he talks about like, you know, we need to be worried about what's going on inside of the church. He says, what concern is it of mine to judge outsiders? And then he goes into a whole diatribe about what's going on inside of that church. They're going to the temple prostitutes and they're having sex there. It's kind of sexual immorality. Why are you having sex? Like he just goes off about how sexualized the church in Corinth is. They're just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's focused on them. But I thought that's interesting, right? He's like, you guys are going off about all these other people. Like, no, no, no. There's crap going on there. There's a guy in your church having sex with his mother, with his uh, stepmother. Stepmother. That's weird. Right. Even non-Christians don't do this. You guys got a problem. Yeah. Like, oh, (laughs) like imagine, imagine. Imagine doing that now, being like, hey, church in so like in wherever you are. Oh, you care about so and so over here doing doing uh, smoking weed behind the the church bus. Meanwhile, inside the choir, uh, the person running the choir is having sex with the pastor. Why are you so worried about the weed? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's it's a really fascinating I pulled from an experience in life around that one. Okay, I, the church bus thing threw me off. So we had a church bus I, growing up. I got it. Yeah. I got it. My mom killed a cat with it one time. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, murderer. Yeah. Um, so Suzanne, uh, she she's cared. a lovely woman. She cared. Um, it should, it, I mean, I could go on. We could talk about this oh, for man. hours because hours. It, it really, you know, it really points back to we just. We are nothing without Jesus. A hundred percent. And yet we've made it, you know, that song, it's all about me. Well. <laughs> oh, wait, it's all about yeah, you. Well, it goes that I, I know. But, you know, we've even screwed up those lyrics while singing it occasionally. percent. Where we make it about us. And the minute we make it about us, the minute we make it about, um, all about me. Yeah. That's when the slip ups happen. That's when we, we start to point fingers at other people because we're slowly pulling away from from the center from the source of yeah. things and we start to point out all the negative flaws and everybody else yeah. and all those other things and it's it's because i think when paul says i have to die to myself daily yeah. i have to bring myself back to the point that i'm no good without jesus and i'm not good enough and, and and in that sense, so you know, for me to judge others, for me to, you know, my neighbor's doing this or my neighbor's doing that, or oh, look at all those people, or look what she's wearing, or look what he's, do- it, it it it's throwing seed it's, on dead ground. It's a fear of vulnerability, and here's the crazy thing. So at work, for example, we, we're doing we we just did, well, last month, the month before that, we did um, a leadership development thing around Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Bernays' whole research thesis 
for the last several books is around vulnerability and how vulnerability can shift cultures. Like when you show people who you actually are, it's terrifying. And yet it can change the very fabric of a, of a community, of a, of a corporate setting, whatever it is, right? right? Like I'm teaching this in a, in a corporate setting. All of that is in the Bible. Like the amount of vulnerability, the amount of folks that are inside of the Bible that are just a bunch of like screw ups, just like me. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And what do we do? We want to avoid it and not be vulnerable and not show who we really are because we're terrified that people won't love us. Yeah. And, and it's like the perfect example of someone like David who all the things that he did, yeah. murderer, adulterer, and yet somehow in his vulnerability admits that he was way wrong and all those kind of things and, you know, finally kind of exposes it all. <laughs> and then Jesus calls him, calls him a man after his own heart. And yeah. it, you know, it's so hard to wrap your head around that if you can yeah. just be vulnerable, be, you know, th- another word for vulnerability would be authentic. Like just authentic. Be, be real, real. Be, be authentic with people about, I don't know, or I, I, I'm not that uh, hard lined on that yeah. or, or, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to uh, learn. I'm willing to do all those things. I can't judge them because I got my own stuff. I got I'm other things with. going on. And, and I think when, when you come back to when he says later in Romans, we've all sinned. Yeah. We all fall short. All of us fall short of God's Everybody. glory. That's a really good starting point yeah. in the sense that we're all on even grounds, good, 100%. bad, and ugly. And and I think that's a good reminder for us today as we yeah. kind of wrap up this podcast tonight that we all are uh, starting on the same level. None of us are better. No. None of us are more spiritual. None of us are worse off. You're not so far gone that God doesn't no. love you. You're not so spiritual that God... Um, looks at you and goes, oh, well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, and so just just hold on to that this week, that you Why have it? an opportunity to have an impact with the people around you yeah. by the way that you act, the things that come out of your mouth. Um, and, and don't judge. Don't be so judgy. Don't be, don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. Just stop. Don't stop. Yeah, you're preaching to me because I, I judge my kids a lot and I got to stop don't that. Don't be judgy, Josh. I got to stop that. Don't be judged. You know what else you gotta stop? Bye!